You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Welcome to this episode of Around the King's Table. I'm Brian. And I'm George. And uh, today uh, we want to talk about one of George's seminary papers that he's had to <laughs> write recently. It's on the purity of the church. And um, it's um, a, a brief paper, right? A synopsis. Yeah. Uh, from his book called Sojourners and Strangers. Sojourners and Strangers. Again, that's Greg Allison. And so basically uh, what we're wanting to do is take a little bit of time here to talk through that book or talk at least through sort of the grid that he gives for the purity yeah. of the church. Um, but as we get going, uh, maybe the, the first question that we need to deal with is what are we talking about? When we talk about the purity of the church, mm-hmm. what do we mean right. and why is that important? Right. Well, what we have, I mean, what you end up seeing is that churches can have right doctrine, they can have right practices, but maybe not that they don't meet. So they're still a church. You wouldn't want to say, well, that's a false church, but they can be a healthier church Mm -hmm. or a less healthy church. They can be a church that better represents Christ Mm. or doesn't well Mm. represent Christ while still being a quote-unquote church mm-hmm. so that's really what we're talking is purity so it's it's highly dependent first on recognizing what are characteristics that define the church um yeah and then how do those attributes characteristics then how, how are those seen in the local church so do you know so as you're talking you know doxological i'm gonna have a really hard time today doxologically <laughs> you start talking about some of these categories focused words. yeah focused on yeah. the glory of god <laughs> you start going okay well how are we on that is yeah. our focus such that uh we're we're so focused on our community that we've sort of abandoned or just let <laughs> to the side God's glory or we're, you know, we're, we're so focused on God's glory and talking about scripture and whatever that we never actually engage in mission. Mm-hmm. Um, these categories don't necessarily, you know, that they, they overlap, but they are independent enough that you can kind of gauge them independent of one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, is that something, so when we talk again, the issue of the purity of the church, is that something that you think the uh, Christian in general church in general today uh, thinks very much about? Probably not. I think they're way more interested in categories of, does this provide good teaching for my kids? Mm. Um, Do I like the music? Mm. Um, Is the sermon engaging? Um, Does it have the right ministries? Do I feel comfortable bringing my friends there? Mm. These are the kind of categories we are tending to use. we wouldn't say necessarily, I, th- I don't think many people would say, you know, well, I don't really care about, you know, whether it's doxological or pneumodynamic. You know, they wouldn't say it that way, not just the words, but the, but they would focus more on sort of these functional attributes mm-hmm. and forget the identity attributes, mm-hmm. the, identi- the, the attributes that really say who we are. I think a purity of the church what thing. We do. Yeah, maybe they think, uh, well, our preaching's good. Yeah. Well, our, our music's good. Yeah. Well, we have great kids programs. 
And we think in, uh, in terms of pure church or healthy church, we think of those kinds of things as opposed to some of the things that we're going to talk about here right. in a second. Those things may be included. They, they, and they um, are. And they definitely yeah. are, are ramifications or the, the sort of fruit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't necessarily prove or, or not the, the health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I kind of think of it. You think about we have a whole book of the Bible in Hosea where you have mm-hmm. a guy who God's like, go and marry this prostitute. Yeah. Right. And you're going to be married to her and you're going to pour out your love for her and uh, you're going to have children with her. And yet she's going to continue in her prostituting ways. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think, again, you have a whole book there in the Old Testament that is looking forward to the New Testament, to what Jesus is going to create, a covenantal people, a new covenantal people mm-hmm. who are ideally not going to be like Gomer. Right. <laughs> right. They're going to be a purer mm-hmm. bride than Gomer was for right. Hosea mm-hmm. as symbolic for Israel yeah. in that day. A different kind of community. At least that's what I think we would yeah, absolutely. We would argue. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we want to dive into it's seven, right? Seven, it is seven. Uh, mm-hmm. a grid of seven mm-hmm. attributes or characteristics that uh, you can use to uh, think through the purity of a given local church. Yep. Correct? Okay. So the first one is, I'm just going to, I'll say it, Mm -hmm. and then I'll let you, you run with a definition of it, okay? Okay. Yeah. All right. So the first one is doxological purity. Yeah. So talk to us about that one. Yeah. I mean, really, I think this is one, of course, that we had done really well as I was, you know, looking at our church, and and we see it in our vision statement. Mm. We do, we, the Mount Church, exist to to display the glory of God's grace. Mm. So we've churches who are healthy in this category of doxological purity they're they're actually focused on worship of god proclaiming christ uh proclaiming Mm -hmm. what god has done um showcasing um we say rather than performance and focusing on the individual or that sort of thing we're more focused on the congregation absorbed Mm -hmm. in wonder of god Mm -hmm. um and so yeah, when you, you see the focus on prayer, we'll talk more about prayer probably also with the mm-hmm. pneumodynamic, but a church yeah. empowered by prayer is a is a God's glory focused, a doxological church. Mm-hmm. Um, and often churches can drift from that. They can, you know, they can be so focused on, you know, I don't know, good teaching or reaching the community or right. whatever, like we said already, that right. and they kind of miss actually focusing on who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so offer sort of world help, world wisdom, but yeah. fail to offer God, he's the one who is yeah. actually saving. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how do we introduce impurities yeah. uh, into uh, worship? I mean, a lot of it, we've actually focused on it in a couple different ways, and I've seen it in a couple. <laughs> Apathy is one. We, mm-hmm. we just we get used to and forget to remain in wonder of what God has done. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes like a, a habit for us to gather. Right. Mm-hmm. And insofar as the yeah. church is often looking to its leaders to imitate them, the leaders can be very easily, unfortunately, it can mm-hmm. it can be just this thing where we were passionate yeah. and vibrant and healthy and ourselves personally, yeah. and then we sort of just drift a little. It's not so exciting. It's run of the mill. It's day after day, the pressures of it you know, the pains of it, and those can all affect us. And so we sort of don't quite demonstrate God's glory mm-hmm. as much. And the body follows suit with that. And so it can be very much go through the motions then. Right. We're doing the right ministries. We're doing the right outreach. We're doing the right things. 
but God is somehow very absent and felt absent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're preaching so. the word, we're making long prayers, we're giving alms to the poor, yeah, we're absolutely. doing all the things that the Pharisees do, yet Jesus will condemn the Pharisees because even though their lips mm-hmm. are, are giving all this praise to God, quote unquote, uh, their hearts are far from him. Yeah, and so so their 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 doxology, their worship is deathly compromised. Yeah, uh, at that at that very point, right? I mean, we I think we can get into in terms of introducing impurities. We can talk about you know we won't we'll refrain. But we can talk <laughs> about you know just that we can become uh, centered upon something other than uh, God, mm-hmm. uh, our triune God, and. Uh, his revelation of himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almost there. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. But that, that's good. Uh, no, it's right. It's true. In our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, supremely. Yeah. Um, but we can we can move aside from those things, right? It's yeah. not that they're completely absent, uh, but certainly we can get into we can fall into like you said, apathy, habits, personality cults. Uh, we we exalt pastors. We exalt all, uh, you yep. know uh, music. We exalt all kinds of things instead of yeah, instead of God, the Triune God. Yeah. Right. And so we want to be careful of that. Yeah. Right. We want doxological purity. Yeah. Okay. The next one is logocentric. Logocentric. So, purity. And, and and he actually gets to play a double thing here because scripture plays a sort of a double mm-hmm. meaning here of yep. Christ being the logo. So we're Christ centric. Mm-hmm. We're Jesus centric in the way we worship. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not going to be happy as a, you know, Unitarian, or we actually believe that Christ is Jesus is actually the Son and not mm-hmm. the Father. Mm-hmm. He's God, but he is he's different, and so we're very much focused on Christ, and then alternately him as the Word, the yeah. Logos, the speaking of God. Maybe not just a single word, but the words, the revelation mm-hmm. of God. Um, and so we focus on both of those elements. And so uh, a, a church that is doxologically pure is going to be focused I was on say the word. There's a there, right? With the doxological purity and then logocentric purity. Well, I would even say, and he never actually draws this out in the book. He lets you yeah. do it on your own. But ultimately, if you think about it, the first three attributes are doxological purity, logocentric purity, and pneumodynamic purity. Right. What he's really done is set up the first three attributes are the church's relatedness to the triune God. Mm -hmm. So doxological, yes, it's about all of the persons, but it has a primary focus on the father, the sender, the creator, the, you know, and the second attribute is much more focused on Christ and on his revelation, his wedding of the church. Um, And the church is created by the word and the spirit. Absolutely. So the logocentric and then the pneumodynamic purity. Yeah. Those things going yeah, are hand in hand. Three. I mean, and really, I mean, you see them tied together. And a lot of these actually, you can kind of see if you take Acts 2, 22 through about 47, yeah. you see these elements play out. Right. But you see Christ's enthronement as king, as yeah. sovereign, is also the sending of the spirit. They're mm-hmm. tied in a way that can't be separated. Yeah. And you see those, both of those elements then um, playing out together. So they are very much tied together. Yeah. Um, is there yeah. some importance to logocentric purity? Right, so like word-centered, Christ-centered. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, Christ is God's revelation of himself. There isn't any greater. Mm. Um, And so we find our understanding, our knowledge of him passed down through Scripture. We Mm. don't have... I I typically would not trust the random guy who says, I have a message from God, Mm. you know, that I I heard in a dream yesterday. Mm -hmm. Not, Not to hold God impossible, but ultimately yeah. we, we see scripture as containing 
everything we need to know for salvation. Yeah. And so we're going to be focused on that then. That is what we're going to be teaching. Right. That's what we're going to be basing our doctrines, our practices. Um, it's going to be what we're going to use as we're counseling, as we're discipling, mm-hmm. as we're leading people, as we're bringing people to the cross. We're not yeah. going underhanded. We're not focusing on the fog machines, but we're also not focusing on just cheap emotionalism. We are taking them into the word and which the word says, you know, if you're going to follow me, you're right. going to take up your cross. So it's not just a focus on the good side of scripture yeah. either. It's, it's a focus on the hard, the things that it really teaches, you know, you are going to, as a believer, you're going to suffer like Job, you're going to suffer like Christ. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, taking the word in its totality as it points to Christ himself and God's mission throughout the book, start to finish as a redemptive mission to create a people for himself, mm-hmm. really, the church. Right. Well, it seems that, that to the degree that we are centered mm-hmm. and that the word is central, that Christ is central right. to that degree, will the church be pure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I, I, I Agree. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just thinking through, like you mentioned several things there. Um, but I, even in the context of corporate worship, I'm thinking one of the things that we really do attempt to do in order to be logocentric um, as a church is to saturate our services in, in scripture. In prayer, spoken, right. just yeah. between songs, songs that are deeply scriptural and not just right. run of the mill. Yep. Or just speaking to the moment, whatever. Yeah. Our sermons being mm-hmm. taking scripture and applying that scripture, not going, you know, not trying to just put right. an idea out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is an area we do exceptional mm-hmm. at, actually, as far as our purity. Yeah, expositional, not just expositional preaching, but expositional ministry. Right. A lot of times, I think we we focus on expositional preaching, preaching. but mm-hmm. really, what we're wanting is a church that has an expositional ministry it's letting it's letting yeah. the word not just be the center of like a sermon right. or but to, to go out from that even even further yeah right to be the center of the service to be the center of the ministry to be the center of the yeah. church yeah it, it right. should be a reflection of it like if you yeah, look at the right. ministry of the yeah. church you, you should be able to go i see this in scripture yeah that's yeah. a that's a match that that they, they, they are mirror. imitating Christ, right? Yeah. You know, we look at the Word, we yeah. look at Christ, and then we see this in the church. That's what, yeah. that's how that should be working. Okay, logocentric yeah. purity. So doxological, logocentric. Uh, the third one is pneuma dynamic mm-hmm. um, purity. So yeah, I mean, we talked about it already a little bit as we talked doxological, but mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the church that is not a praying church is ultimately going to be an unhealthy church in specifically this area mm-hmm. when there's that lack of dependence, a lack of trust that God is the one who is doing the work here, that mm-hmm. the church is a spirit born activity. Right. Um, Which, ultimately, it's not just men coming together and it's the other way. It's the spirit right. births. Yeah. And so I was even going to backtrack a little bit and just say... Pneuma. Can you can you Pneuma. tell everybody? Yeah, pneuma. It's so we wind say pneuma or spirit. Dynamic, right. Yeah. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We are talking Holy right. Spirit. So right. Pneumatology is the doctrine, doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Back to That's it. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> ultimately, we, we are going to be driven by the Spirit. It's it, yeah. it, it means that we're going to be a community that doesn't look like one another. Mm. Um, that doesn't have the same gifts and, mm. and talents or skills yeah. and backgrounds. Because, First Corinthians 12. Right. Because right, the Holy Spirit is the gift that God, that's given to us Absolutely. by God through Christ. And then the Spirit gives us gifts 
Yep. The use of to our gifts. To accomplish the ministry, to edify yeah. one another, to build one another up. Right. So in that so, sense, if you're in a church where basically the pastor does everything or the pastors do everything or a certain group of leaders do everything in the church. The purity is dwindling. The purity is dwindling because the Holy Spirit is a gift. He is a gift himself yes. of Christ to his church. But then he dispenses sovereignly gifts to each member of the exactly. body to be put to use in the church. So where we're doing this well... We're equipping yeah. the saints for the work of ministry, and the equipped saints are actually putting their their uh, spiritual gifts to to service in the body. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else in terms of? And let's say it's the spirit that then also leads us and guides us as we're mm-hmm. you know as we're saying you know we're going into the community, where to go in the community. Yeah. As we're sending people, who to send? Mm-hmm. These aren't just decisions we make on our own as sort of separate from. The, the 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 pneuma the spirit yeah. it is the spirit who guides those things yeah so yeah one, one other area I, I was curious about uh, in thinking on this one was it seems to me in scripture you know you've heard that the the Holy Spirit is the shy member of the Trinity I don't know how how valid or whatever but I'm just saying that it seems like it's a peculiar ministry of the Holy Spirit to exalt Jesus absolutely right uh, who who is displaying the father or reflective of the father but but the spotlight seems he seems to put a spotlight on christ and so you know you have a lot of churches where it's almost like uh in elevating the holy spirit christ actually gets pushed to the side yeah it's what he is doing in in us yeah yeah so it seems to me that where we are pneumodynamically pure Uh right the purer um, one thing that's going to be happening is that we're going to have a very, very, very high esteem of Jesus Christ Absolutely. in the church as well. Yeah. And, and the things, I mean, and for the word of God, again. Exactly. It's yeah. it's self-reinforcing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a pneumodynamic church yeah. is both going to glorify the Father and it is going to seek yeah. Jesus in the word he's given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and then again, you, you may have mentioned this, but just on the issue of prayer as well. We're, we're, we are a, a people who are realizing that we are completely dependent upon the blowing of the Spirit, mm-hmm. right? The ministry of the Holy Spirit, right. not just to not just to cause people to be born again, but to cause born again people to grow up in Christ, absolutely, and and to live in a way where, where that we are increasingly captivated and consumed with the things of heaven and God and Christ and grace yeah. and the church. We, we should only look at the example of Christ. Yeah. And, and while, while some people have struggled, what part of Christ's activity is the spirit at work within and what part is his own deity at work? <laughs> but ultimately we have to recognize that Jesus is empowered by the spirit. In fact, mm. he's more empowered by the spirit than we are. Mm. Um, and if he savior of the world got in the flesh needed the spirit or took advantage to use the spirit to to <laughs> let him work through him how much more do we think right. we need it mm-hmm. um, as we deal with sin in our own lives sin mm-hmm. in the lives of our family ultimately um, we definitely need the spirit mm-hmm. yeah amen so doxological purity logocentric purity pneumodynamic purity Fourthly, covenantal purity. Yes, covenantal purity. So mm-hmm. basically the church is, and, and we see this especially, you know, in as we think baptism and we think mm-hmm. Lord's Supper, but ultimately yeah. there's there's a two-way covenant 
relationship going on. It's a it's the church is covenantal uh, vertically, so us to God Himself, God. new covenant, and then covenantal yeah. with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we already uh, you know mentioned it Acts two, but that twenty two through forty seven is, is a very very you see Peter's way of preaching and leading to Christ is you know what what needs to be done, mm-hmm. repent, be baptized, and then it says as many as believed as were called were added to the number. Yeah. Um, that emphasis there on really being added to an entity, yeah. a unit, yeah. and not just, oh, they believed, and we mm-hmm. said yay, but no, they were added to this group who could self-identify themselves as belonging to one another and to Christ. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I don't know if you remember all the way back, I think it was maybe on the first episode uh, of this podcast, we were talking about the gospel, what is the gospel, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the paradigms for, for the gospel comes from Acts chapter 2, and the guy was saying that uh, basically uh, introduction into the church is part of the gospel in one sense. Right? It's not just that we have been united to Christ or united to the Heavenly Father, uh, that we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, uh, but that we have been united to uh, a body. Mm -hmm. A body. Adopted into a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a covenantal family. That's right. Anything else there on covenantal purity? Uh, just this is one that I, I think in our communities and our churches today is is very hard for our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we don't yeah. want we don't one uh, being in covenant means that uh, there there are rules. I mean you you you're part of it. Everybody talks about you know hating being part of an HOA and having to be told you know what your rules are for your home. But but ultimately these covenants are there for a reason for our benefit and the church covenant is, is no different. The covenantal nature of the church is there for our growth. Um, we need to be submitted to one another yeah. um, for our growth. Committed, and that's devoted. just not something that mm-hmm. the church, uh, that's not something our culture necessarily likes. Yeah. Maybe it's not the struggle of yeah. other, but but certainly for the Western we don't like the American body. church, we don't like it. Right. And, right. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's right and sad. Um, you mentioned a couple things in your paper here in terms of just worldview yeah. things, right? Um, you mentioned um, that for a lot of Christians, all that seems to matter sometimes is just their personal relationship with Jesus. Right. Absolutely. Can you, you, speak you to see, that? You see some conflict in the church or you see something like, okay. I don't I don't quite agree with that. I don't mm-hmm. like that. I think we should be more open or we should you know act this way. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Uh, uh, what really matters is that I have a good relationship with Christ. And yes, that's important. Um, but we can say, well, th- that's, that's enough. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, raise my kids and I can protect them and I can be isolated and, you know, protect myself from the world. Mm-hmm. We can't do that as a church. Even there's some churches who want to do that, isolate themselves from the world, but we certainly can't do that as, as individuals. We're not going to, if we separate ourselves from the church, which is supposed to be doxologically pure and logocentrically pure and pneumodynamic, we, uh, we mm-hmm. disassociate from that. We, we can't expect to, to grow in the way Christ calls us to. Mm. And so, yeah, uh, it's a it's a big struggle with, mm-hmm. with Christians who, you know, just get weary. Maybe they are, you know, they, they, they feel like they've been hurt by the church or they just feel like the church could better do this. Yeah. Since they're not doing that, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to prove myself more loving than they are mm. um, is commonly the way it you know comes across. But yeah. ultimately, it's uh, I'm going to do 
Christianity on my own. Oh, and it looks so yeah. different from what the Bible pictures. I mean, New Testament I, I, Christianity. It just doesn't yeah. picture isolated believers. There's there's always the idea of mm-hmm. you're you're a member of a family. Yeah. Can you speak to how the ordinances play into covenantal purity? Sure. I yeah. mean, it, we, we see them, um, uh, obviously, baptism being the just sort of the introductory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so associated with um, conversion, Those not because it does convert. Right. Exactly. We're added, to, we're the added to the number. Yeah. But it was so closely associated with conversion because to be converted meant to belong and become part of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It's the natural one to, to think of um, when we talk about uh, the covenantal nature. Yeah. But of course, then, you know, the Lord's Supper is is sort of re-upping that, if you want to use that Covenant terminology. Renewal. But it's really saying, yeah. yeah, we're still together in this. We are still yeah. one body. Yep. And as such, it, it's, it is. It's we're a reaffirmation. Yeah. Publicly together as one body devoted to Jesus and right. to one another. Yeah. And to fulfilling these things that we've made promises uh, to keep towards one yeah, another. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so a right understanding of the ordinances, I think, is it's important for yeah. covenantal purity. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I think this is number five, confessional purity. Does that yes, sound right? it would be. Yeah, confessional purity. <laughs> right. Yeah. Confessional purity. Yeah. So it means we do have a, a, a common body of teaching. And you can mm-hmm. go right back again. Yeah. Acts right. 2. I mean, this is, this is part of it, um, right. is this idea of... What did he teach? Hmm. He, he taught Jesus crucified, Jesus risen, mm-hmm. and he called them to repent. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a, a common message. And it's not as simple as that. Some people want to do a mere Christianity, and by that they mean just the barest of, that's all we need to do is this barest level. There are several churches that don't don't have affirmations of faith. They don't have statements of their belief that are available to That means they have it. They just don't write it down. They can't be held accountable to it Mm -hmm. is really what that means. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, any group of (laughs) two people has has some sort of confession between them. They have Mm -hmm. some... Now, it's a question of, yeah, whether it's outspoken, whether it's it's stated. Mm -hmm. Um, But a a sign of a healthy, a church that is more pure in this category is one that actually does... Say what it believes. Take a stand upon the word Take of God s- that we believe these things. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Right. And so, you know, sometimes that may be off-putting. There's there's a there's a difference between restricting from membership. So sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, when we do talk about covenantal, yeah. that'll be slightly different. You know, we may, you know, bring somebody in when there is they're still growing and learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean we change to make it more efficient for them to come right. in. We don't necessarily yeah. say, well, don't, you know, we don't believe this or, or we just don't focus on it ever right. because we're worried that the world is going to... We just to... engage in discipleship. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we this... We charity. Right? Yeah. Charity. And then we grow. We, we grow together. Yeah. In, in the truths of God's word. Yeah. 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 Trevor Wax in uh, The Thrill of Orthodoxy just recently finished reading that. And he's he talks for a while about this very idea of a large segment of the church, not just local church, but the church Mm -hmm. trying to really win the world by almost becoming ashamed of the gospel itself or maybe specific teachings of the church. Maybe, you know, if we would just soften the edges here, then, you know, we would see people come in droves and just reinforcing or thinking through what that really does. Because once you start rubbing off what you don't like, you find that really what you 
create in the gospel is just, it's not the gospel, it's just what you want to believe. It's what you want to be the case and not what scripture says, not what God has said, not what the spirit is teaching, not what, so. And you're compromising doxology. You're compromising you are. the period Absolutely. of worship at that yeah. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so confessional, yeah. It's, it's an important matter that we can speak and yeah. all come together. And, and so it does give room for churches to be able to be worshiping the same Lord, but also not have to be constantly in disunity and disarray. Yeah. Um, right. There is a common core that we can, you know, trust and affirmations, and, but there are sometimes we can exactly. Yeah, they do that. It's not in the context of local churches in the context which of is local important. churches. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. But we don't have to be, you know, it, the, it, this is a, a, a helpful area where we can have independent local bodies yeah. who teach what they see in scripture right. and they may slightly disagree with each other. The, the fact is the common core is probably greater than those disagreements. But if you were not to allow for that kind of flexibility mm-hmm. within local churches, yeah. you would end up with a situation where you were so focused always on these dividing lines, you'd never recognize your unity. Right. Um, and so, yeah, right. confessional within the local church is an important element of purity. Yeah. No. No pushback from me. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Number six then is missional purity. So missional again, let me purity. do this retrace here. Doxological purity, logocentric purity, pneumodynamic purity, covenantal purity, confessional purity, now missional purity. Missional purity. Yeah. Right. And Ultimately, if we think of it in terms of it is it is God, it is Christ, it is Jesus, who, it is the Spirit who is forming and sending the church. Um, ultimately, it is not, we're not a loose collection. We're not like an amorphous cloud of just people on random mission for God who is taking value and benefit from joining the church. Mm. The mission is actually from God to the church, and the church is the one who sends out individuals, whether that be sending back into the church, sending into local communities, sending further out into the world. Ultimately, it's the church that sends because it is the spirit who is leading and guiding and birthing the church to do that work. Um, And so as we think mission, it's hard to think mission without thinking church. Mm -hmm. We don't think of a Paul doing mission apart from church. I don't think of Titus or Barnabas. Or, uh, mission means to be church-minded. It means to do those things that baptize into the church, that, that teach everything that I've commanded you, Sent baptizing them in the name of the churches. Right. Yeah. So ultimately, that's, that's the idea right. captured in this missional, is that we see ourselves as on mission together because it is Christ that is uniting us. It is the Spirit that is uniting us. And not as just we're a random collection of people who are on independent mission and see the church as, you know, just something to comfort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's the maybe central base or something we come back to. Right. That's not the, the picture. The picture is that the church is the thing that is the mission and us going out from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, it mm-hmm. reorients, I think, our focus a little bit as individual believers. I mean, it, yeah. it gets in the into the elements of, Again, we're connected to one another, so it plays off of the covenantal um, to the point that yeah. you know we covenant together to live in unity. But in that covenant, since it is missional, we end up 
needing one another right. um, to accomplish the missions that he's done. And that mission is actually more than just evangelization. Right. We have mission more than that. Right. And so we really get our picture from that that Jesus gave where he says, basically, I've done everything that the Father has done. I, or that He's shown me what to do. He's told me what to say. And yeah. I've done those things. Mm-hmm. So I imitate. And then Jesus basically turns it around and tells the his church. disciples, the yeah, church, to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. What I've done, I did because the Father showed me it, and I did it. Now I'm telling you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and it fits right into everything we've been doing. You know, John 5, John right. 17 John now, 17 as we're preaching been, it, it's been a lot of that yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas this focus on, you've seen what I've done, and I'm doing that to show me. you as an imitation. Yeah. So I am sending you. Right. So our mission right. is ultimately not like, it is not a, I woke up this morning, looked at my Bible, I think I'm supposed to go talk to that person at the, ca- I mean, m- maybe you have yeah. you know, some sort of impression, but the idea being that the church is on mission yep. and we are subsumed within that mission. We're mm-hmm. part of that mission, mm-hmm. not on a whole bunch of independent, we're not, you know, 30, 40, hundreds, thousands of people all on independent missions that somehow come together as a church. Is one mission sending out thirty or forty or a hundred or thousand mm-hmm. people? Yeah, so. yeah. And, and one of the things you mentioned too is, is again the, the collectivism of of the mission, right? So again, I think I think typically, in in a lot of places, uh, a lot of churches, a lot of Christian minds, uh, we think missions, we think of um, events. Right. We think of uh, commissioning a missionary. Mm-hmm. We think of um, again the preacher or the pastors, and that missions is what they do. They're responsible right. for going around, and we think of it in terms of verbalizing the gospel. And of course, all those things are glorious and wonderful, and we should do them, yep. whatnot. But it's understanding, like you mentioned here. It's about the purity of the church. It's a matter for the purity of the church Mm -hmm. that as a whole body, we are on mission together. Right. And uh, that again... It's not just the pastors doing it. It's not just a paid missionary doing it. Mm -hmm. Not just... It's not just. Right. It's it's everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that we're doing it for the glory of Christ, but we're also doing it for the glory of Christ as a part of a church. You know, yeah. I think is an important part of that as well. Um, well, ultimately, I mean, it, it, again, it, it's sort of, it all builds. You start with those three, you know, sort of Trinitarian, you move on. And you, if, you, right. if you've skipped over your covenantal and confessional, then what are you, what are you, what's, what is your gospel ultimately? Yeah. You've, if, if you've skipped over that covenantal, bring yep. them in, baptize them, right. unite them, and then confessional teach them so so it is building it's it's yeah that's right so the first thing is like doxological is concerned about the church's worship uh-huh. uh the, the logocentric is concerned about the centrality of christ the, the content of, of that word. worship that's uh-huh. right uh the pneumodynamic purity we're dependent upon the holy spirit right yep. uh, and all the things that he's wanted to do through his word for the glory of christ and the glory of god uh in the church 
again, the um, covenantal purity, the, the one anothering, the union not only with the Lord, but the union with one another and the mm-hmm. commitment that the shared commitment and devotion that we have to one another, the confessional purity where we're holding fast to certain biblical doctrines as key doctrines, things that we think are vital for the vibrancy of the church. Yes. Like all of these things, it's again, it's not just about our going out and verbalizing the gospel. It's that the church itself is at the center of the cosmos in God's eternal plan of redemption that he has now achieved in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in it collectively, right? And then distilled down into local assemblies, we are at the center of what God is doing in the universe. As we proclaim the gospel, the church is a picture of the gospel. That's what I'm saying. So, (laughs) So yes, proclaiming the gospel but then these other things that we're talking about so far, and especially in terms of the purity of the bride, makes the bride look beautiful. Absolutely. We, we begin to radiate with the glory or the beauty of Christ, and that in and of itself yeah. is attractive or off-putting, but at least there's a clear line being made, right? Right. That this is a counterculture. This is a, a gospel counterculture to the world. Absolutely. You know, that's something that Christ Himself has created. Yeah. And the Spirit indwelled. Yeah. Yeah. So, the very existence of a healthy church or a pure church is missional. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Last thing here. Um, which one do you want to go with here? Spatio-temporal or eschatological purity? You have a slash here. Spatio-temporal slash eschatological purity. That's because he, he, he combines it all. So, so I would <laughs> say... Eschatological. Spatio-temporal, people are like, well, spatio spatio Well, spatio-temporal is really yeah. good first. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably best to focus there first. Okay. And the reason for that is we exist in a time and a place. Mm-hmm. It really does focus may, maybe more than the others at some point on the fact that we are a local entity. Mm-hmm. We can get very bogged down in, say, we're really interested in in theology. Mm. And we're hammering one point of theology that was dealt with in the fourth century, yeah. but the world is just not asking that question. Mm. Um, ultimately, we can be impure by avoiding where the world is right now, um, by avoiding what is. That was interesting shaking. Okay, anyway. Uh, but no, earthquake. Earthquake, no, yeah. It was, it was just my glasses. It was something. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, got me completely off. But no, I mean, we can we can be so focused in yeah. on things that are... We can direct our ten- attention to things that are not critical in the moment mm-hmm. um, to avoid having to deal with those things. So we talked about, you know, maybe the rough edges of a particular point of theology that our culture just is... It's hitting them and they don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um so we don't focus on it. That's us, in, in a sense, not only not dealing with our, uh, our, our logocentric purity, but it's also a, a failure in this spatio-temporal purity where we don't see ourselves as countercultural. We are a community of God's people, and we're going to run up against a world that is at odds with him. Um, so that's one element of it is knowing where we are, knowing who we are. You know, we're a church that was, you know, birthed in 1861. Yep. We've been here a while. We live in a college community. So that's going to have ramifications on how we do ministry, who we're doing ministry to. We have, mm. you know, internationals coming in. So what that community looks like should be reflected in how that we respond as a church. Um, so all of those play into that spatio-temporal. Um, but then, 
you go one step further and that eschatological sense of purity is, is this all about making life palatable for today? Mm-hmm. Do we, does, does the gospel really just promise health, happiness, maybe right. just getting through life today, but is it future focused? Is it, is it focused on right. Christ returning? Is it focused on his sovereignty and ultimate lordship over all right. of creation? Right. Um, and so as the church, as part of even, you know, the Lord's Supper, the Lord's we've Supper, already talked about, about it, say, you know, it, right. it really proclaims not only that Christ yeah. sacrificed himself for us and we have union with him, but that he is returning. Yeah. Um, and so many churches, that is the area where they fail in purity. They, mm-hmm. they don't focus and they do not ever touch the eschatological. I'll tell mm-hmm. you how to have a great life. I'll tell you how mm-hmm. to have better relationships with your children and your wife. Mm. But we just don't talk about eschatology. We don't talk yeah. about what's coming. He endured in... the cross for the joy set before him. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he didn't treat it as a, a non-issue or a, you know, mm. we may talk about it as third tier. We talk about it more as one of those loosely held issues often and rightly so a lot of the passages that deal with eschatology are they're they're harder to understand um but at the same time we can't not be confessional Mm -hmm. Um, we cannot just reject the word and go well this is clear so i'm going to focus here in this other passage i'm just going to ignore we have to be focused as the church was yeah that christ is returning and that motivates (laughs) it motivates our uh, covenantalism and motivates our confessionalism. You see that it in motivates Titus two, our mission. Right? It's the end of Titus too, mm-hmm. right? That his his return is motivational. Yeah. In that sense, it yeah. is really the hope that is set before us is yeah. the return of, the, of I Christ. Mean, ultimately, the what the church has to offer is that that yeah. that Christ is returning, and yeah. we're proclaiming that He's right. Lord and He's coming back. Get right. your house in order. Right. And that and judgment we, and ultimately comes that. first on us, but right, right. we lose yeah. that. We actually become really worldly. We have the propensity, the tendency. We become a very bad example very of Christ. Yeah, that's right. So it's like you've heard the the saying: "You're so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good." Right. But it's actually the exact opposite, right? The more heavenly minded you are, right, without losing touch with earth. Well, uh, and the more so heavenly, and that was the next thing. Good. Yeah, is is yeah. to think of the spatiotemporal eschatological is also to get it right that. We are not in a over-realized eschatology. Yeah. Christ is Christ is sovereign, mm. and He has cre- Satan crushed mm. under His feet. But yeah. we don't. Yeah. Um, we still have to depend. Um, we do not see a world that's perfect. We will face suffering, mm. um, and so as a church, that's part of it as well as to well build up a body that can endure suffering, that can endure being opposed um, mm. for what it believes. And yeah. still proclaim and glory and worship, um, mm. so that's a part of it as well as recognizing that we're here, we're in a already not yet situation, and mm. and live in that moment, mm. not getting frustrated that we're not in the future, and not getting too overly excited about where we are because it's yeah. this is not the end. Yeah. Right. Good. All right. Well, thanks, brother. Um, Absolutely. So let me run back through it uh, for everybody here. Uh, again, this is a this is a really uh, important, vital issue. I think as you're reading through the Old Testament, you move on into the New Testament. Mm-hmm. You read the whole counsel of God, uh, the community of God, the people of God are moving in the direction of an increasing purity, uh, as I understand it, and as we understand it, yeah. and uh, as I think the Bible clearly teaches it there. And so, uh, really critical as we're trying to be a people who are um, increasingly displaying the glory of Christ 
that we be as pure as we possibly can be as a church. And so those categories, again, that we've just stepped through are these doxological purity, purity of... Our worship. Worship. Logocentric purity, purity... Focus on Christ and the Word. Yep. Pneumodynamic purity. Yep. Our reliance on the Holy Spirit to empower Mm -hmm. and birth. (laughs) Yeah. Covenantal purity. Union with Christ and with one another. Confessional purity. Common confession of the gospel, statement of the gospel. Mm Mm-hmm. Missional purity. We're formed by the Spirit to do the work of God, not we don't come together for our own work. Hmm. And then spatiotemporal slash eschatological purity. We're in a place and time. Speak to that time. Be God's hands and feet in that time and look forward to yeah, Christ. Yeah, view of glory. Mm-hmm. Seeing him face to face. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks, brother. Absolutely.